A steal by Tippett. The game on his stick. He scores! OT in OT. Tippett wins it for Philadelphia. This is episode 103 of the Liberty L. Danny Deemer here with Chris Stumpo. As always, how are you, buddy? I mean, I mean can you complain? Can Absolutely you complain not. right now as a Philadelphia Flyers fan? I mean, 18-10-3. The last time we spoke, I don't even know what their record was. I just know it was before that San Jose game when it felt like everything was crumbling down. And I'm not going to lie to you, I thought that was the reality check moment. We were just talking before the show about it. But since then, I mean, they finished off that West Coast road trip extremely well. And since then, they have been the best team in the league, basically. Fifth best if we're gonna go record wise twelve four and two since that November seventh game in San Jose. Insane. So when was the last regulation it. loss? Regulation loss. Yeah, when was the last time they went? They left a game without a point. I want to know that. <laughs> I could probably look right now because um, that's what kills you in the National Hockey. If you're getting loser points, like if you're losing games and it goes to OT, you mm. can survive off that for November. A long time. November 28th against Carolina, we lost 4-1. Since then, we lost against Jersey November 30th in overtime. Hughes brothers right off the rip in yeah. overtime. I'm pretty sure that's what that was. Forrester ties um, the game late. Yeah, so that was November 30th. And then November uh, December 2nd, we beat the Penguins. The 4th, we beat the Penguins again. Arizona won. Colorado game, we beat them 5-2. Then the L against Nashville was in overtime, so it doesn't count, obviously. Washington W, Detroit W, and then we beat New Jersey tonight. So, yeah, our last regulation loss would be November 28th. So this entire month of December, they have not lost a game in regulation. Dude, like we tweeted the other day, who would have thought, dude? Definitely not me. Definitely not. I woke up. I'm not going to lie. I fell asleep during the third. I was just extremely tired. And I woke up, and that was the exact meme that popped into my head when I saw that we finished the game out. It was funny because I was like, oh, he already tweeted that out because I tweeted the the exact video the day after. But it's true, dude. Like Nobody. I don't care if you were one of those people who thought getting Couturier back at 100% because there was questions about whether or not his health would stand but nobody very valid even, too. Even, yeah, absolutely. Even the optimistic people is what I'm trying to say. Even those people going into this season gotta be surprised, right? Because even like we were optimistic. We were, if Couturier stays healthy, you get Cam Atkinson back, who hasn't been good this year. A couple of young guys keep continuing to play well, which we have seen. And then, I mean, we'll get into the goalies and the defense later. But everything that we've said has to happen for them to be where they are. Has you know what I mean? So. It's it's great to see. You can't complain, man. It's especially after landing Mitch Cobb. I don't give a fuck, dude. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like seventh. I mean, we'll get into it. Seventh overall, you land a superstar like that, and I feel like this is this is nice, man. I mean, I we'll get into whether or not like all this winning is is best for the the long term, and I mean, I I think it is. I mean, I don't think losing gets you anywhere. Uh, it doesn't really. I'm not going to go into the whole culture thing, but losing, losing, losing. I mean, you look at so many teams who just yeah. struggle to build teams. Despite it gets you somewhere. Top picks. You know what it gets you? It gets you a Matvey Mishkov. But we already have a Matvey Mishkov. So you don't really have to full sail, full tear it down the way these other franchises are doing it. Dude, I'm here for all of this. Not going to lie. I, I tweeted it the other night. My heart's in it. Can't help it. Love this team. It, there's a there's a lot of addition by subtraction on this team as well. Like the fact that I'm not watching Kevin Hayes every night. The fact that I'm not watching James Van Reems. Like even Ivan Provorov was really big on him as a prospect and coming in. But towards the end, very frustrating player to watch. Yeah, couldn't handle a puck at the blue line to save his life. I mean, not that uh, we were in the locker room, and not that we can attest to any of that. But oh, I mean, just for like my, me watching. Yeah. No, no, I, I completely know what you're saying, but I'm saying in terms of like, obviously we don't know what's going on in the locker room, but you can't help but to just make an observation from afar and be like, hey, those additions have to be, um, those subtractions have to be additions in some kind of way. Because I mean, you just just look, they, the team loves to be around each other. They love, I mean, look at Ryan Paling's 
quote today after after the game. If I could find it. Um, yeah, I'll... I saw it. While you're looking for that, I'm just going to bring up Sean Walker. Kevin oh, Weeks tweeted the other night that he loves it here. He loves his teammates, loves playing here. That's the sentiment from every player right now. Yeah. Everyone is, like, you can tell it's not fake. You can tell it's real. Um, like you said, paling with the quote after today's game, talking about how there's team events and guys are hanging out outside of the games and stuff. That's Winning teams have that. Yeah, Unanimous. They always have that. How they love playing with each other. And just like you said, it's a huge part of a hockey team and the fact that this team is so close and they're not the most skilled. And that's something that he reiterated. Uh, we're not, this is the full quote. We're not the most skilled team. We're not the prettiest, but we compete our asses off and we work hard and we appreciate one another. And I think that goes a long way. Absolutely. Absolutely. And having this kind of worth ethic and foundation and yeah, it only goes so far. I'm not saying worth ethic and and grit and, and, and playing the right way like wins you cups outright because it doesn't. You need that high-end skill. But this is the foundation that had to have been laid regardless of if we had met Mitchkov in the system or if we didn't. You know what I mean? Like This had to happen one way or another, whether it was with this group, whether it was with a group that was a little bit younger. You know what I mean? It was just the, the foundation has to be laid and it's beginning to like a quote from Ryan Paling like that is great to hear because you want guys like Matthew Mitchkov, like Carter Goche, like Oliver Bonk in the future to come into a situation like this. So setting the foundation is is exactly what you want to see. Um, and they've blown expectations from every Flyers fan off the door. I mean, nobody's predicted this, you know. Yeah, they've really taken to that underdog mentality. It's a team full of guys all trying to prove something. They've been told what they can't be. Like in March and June, they've been told how underskilled they are, how much more skill they need in their lineup and shit like that. And it just adds to it. Like they are your typical Philadelphia underdog team, and that's why I feel like they're so easy to root for. Yeah. Um, they are annoying the, to play against. Oh, very annoying. I mean, Jim Jackson, before one of the games a couple, I think it was a couple weeks ago, he was talking about how other teams, the word around the league is right now is when teams play us, they, they not complain, but they talk about how hard it is to play against us. Like, obviously, we're not the most skilled team, like Ryan Paling just said, but annoying to play against, hard to play against. and I mean, hot take, I, I, I could see this team squeezing out a playoff round victory. I'm, I really kind of – I don't know if it's the homer in me, Danny, but I really – like this team just reminds me of a team that could just shock the world round one. You know what I mean? If if they continue to play like this – I know it's December, but we did see that stat on the broadcast tonight. Teams that are in a playoff spot by Christmas make the playoffs, what was it, like 90% or like 85%? 85. Or 85. And that's any playoff spot, like including wild cards. So, like, the Flyers so, yeah, may that's... finish Christmas Eve second in the division. Just keep that in mind. Danny, if I would have told you that a year ago, what would you say to me? Seriously. Yeah, I'd say you're on crack. I mean, <laughs> it's that simple. Like, I would just that would be too that was too optimistic of a thought back then. I mean, yeah. they proved everyone wrong, and I love it. Keep going. I was hoping that that would be the thought process going into the year. That like Couturier coming back, that guys would just be pissed off looking at the state of the team, especially Couturier. Couturier connect me. They're just angry at the state of how things have gone. You lost your captain. You shouldn't have lost your captain. He should have retired here. Things yeah. didn't go the way you want, so you had something to prove. And I like that they really all kind of rallied behind that. And Couturier you know is huge. I mean, oh yeah, he's been that guy everything. just wins hockey games. Like I, I always say it, but that he is like the archetype player that wins you hockey games. Like, like, just off eye tests. Like, you don't need any analytics to tell you he wins you out. Like, you watch the game. And you, you like, anybody mm-hmm. could watch a game and tell you Sean Couturier wins you out of the game. And he's complete, the, the complete backbone of of this team. And he's the reason why. I mean, without Sean Couturier, they're, they're not second in the Metro. Like you said, they, it's not, it doesn't show well. He's not like Connor McDavid on the stat sheet. He's not going to light that up, but. If you just sit down and you watch five games in a row, you, you, you understand why Sean Couturier means so much to this team. And to get him healthy is everything. And to touch on 
getting guys back healthy and stuff. I mean, this is their second in the Metro without Cam Agustin looking good. Uh, I'm pretty sure he had, like, one minute played halfway through the third, and I think he had a shift on the fourth line right after I tweeted something out. Torch is obviously not very happy with him. Scott Lawton, I don't think I saw him towards the end of the third. I mean, those are two veteran key guys that if they were second in the Metro, if you would have told me they were second in the Metro in October, I, I would have been like, okay, that means Couturier looks like Couturier, Atkinson scoring goals, Scott Lawton's being Scott Lawton in the bottom six, but that hasn't happened. It's been Couturier being Couturier, but then it's been Sandheim stepping up. It's been Sean Walker making a name for himself. It's been Owen Tippett scoring goals. Uh, Konechny, I don't, know, I don't know if I just mentioned him, but it's been the younger guys, Yorkie, stepping in. Brink, uh, Frost has looked very good since his benching back in what, November. So it, it's not the older guys. It's the younger guys starting to make a difference, which is just it's great, man. Like, if this was – if this was like the thirty-year-olds on the team willing these guys to victory, and we were we were getting lucky bounces, and it was you know what I mean. If it, if it was that, and if it wasn't the young guys actually kind of leading it, then maybe I would be like, okay, this winning is great, but I mean, does it really help long term? Like, are these thirty-year-olds going to be here long term? But that's not the case. You know, I have these young guys playing really, really well. Whether or not they trade Walker is another discussion we'll have later or Risto. But I mean. They have options, man. They, I, I think Danny's in a great spot because I think you can stick to your course, your rebuild, your quote-unquote rebuild, which we know it's not a full-on rebuild. Though. There's rebuilding slash retooling is what's happening. You can stay on that course and still do what you're doing. You know what I mean? If a team blows you away with an offer for Walker, then you have to do it. But at the same time, he's 29, 30 years old. If you want to sign him to a three-, four-year deal, extend him, on a fairly good contract because the cap's going up in a couple of years, then you can do that. I mean, he has options here, you know. So, and that's coming from a. They have the thirtieth ranked power play and they're still <laughs> second in the division. I mean, their power play is one of the worst I've ever seen. Like in my it's... life as a Flyers fan, it's very bad. But I think Apple Apple Alex Appleyard posted something a couple of days ago saying they're trending to be the worst power play in NHL history since November fourth. Oof. They have the third worst power play at eleven percent, so that's not that's not good. They're not winning any playoff round if they're scoring no. at an eleven percent clip by playoff time. I mean, maybe Cutter Gauthier is going to help out a little bit if he makes if he comes over by then, comes over signs his ELC from by then. Um, but I mean, he's not going to come here and save your your power play that much. You know what I mean? He's not going to. Yeah, and I and I don't think they're they're really thirtieth out of 30 seconds like at the end of the day i think it'll go up before this season's over i don't know man they might be dude I like they have re- zero talent power play talent kind of you I know what i mean think the, the way that they do the personnel for a lot of the season is so dumb and then they put together the personnel in a way that you like it for a little bit and then they mm-hmm. kind of like shift it quickly because it doesn't work like, i don't know it really bothers me how it, it took so long to get like forrester in the right spot or like put frost yeah, in the right spot yeah it's like it's what, what, what are we doing here i mean yeah the first Power unit should be was a joke. The first unit should be Couturier net front, Konechny slot, Forrester left wall, Frost the other wall, so he can find him for the cross crease, and then York Point. They should just set that for 10, 15 games and just let them play. If they're scoring an eleven percent clip through those ten, fifteen games that you have them set in there, then make some uh, moves. But I agree. I I think the constant shuffling of the power play line certainly doesn't help obviously they have talent not saying they're talentless but the constant shuffling of the lines can't help in terms of chemistry i mean you want to build camaraderie with those guys you want to know where their where their soft spots are at like how how fast they like the the pass on the stick you know what i mean it just in terms of chemistry it's hard to, to build that when you're constantly shifting the the units and you got risto on the on the point one game with the new york the next game, and you got Sandheim in the other game. Fairby just got put back on power play two in turn uh, in place of Lawton. So, a lot of shuffling. I agree. It's hard there. I remember watching Frost at net front for a little bit. I was like, what are we doing? Net front is crazy. Behind the net, yeah, I, I could see. Utilizing his hands and his skill behind there would be, would be smart, but having him stand in front of the net to try to JVR 
Hawks is insane. <laughs> I was, yeah, that's my exact that's thought process. I actually couldn't believe what I was. I can't believe that team <laughs> is, is about that team. If you think about it, that Black Friday game against the Rangers, they mm-hmm. win that. It'd, it'd only be like a two point differential for first place. Yeah. That's insane. That is insane. And in that game, I'm thinking, oh, Rangers are way better than us. They're way ahead of us. We're four points away from them right now. Like that. That is insane. I've thrown that game in the back of my mind, to be honest with you, dude. I completely <laughs> yeah. forgot about it. That game sucked. It was right off the bat, too, they scored. Mm-hmm. Um, real quick, There's only been, into... like, three of those kind of games this year, though. Yeah, Thank really. God. There hasn't – I mean, they've definitely minimized those type of games, which, I mean, by now, December 19th, Christmas is right around the corner. Holy shit, I cannot believe it's that close. Thanksgiving was just about a week ago, I feel like, you know. But if you would have mm-hmm. told me that they're in this spot, come here, it's just – doesn't make sense you know what i mean <laughs> it's like you have no choice but to get invested now you have yeah. no choice but to believe some of the hype i mean how much more do you need do you need that do you need them to be second 70 yeah. games in before you get excited i mean i'm no, good it's, it's, it's time here. to do carter hart hasn't even played like sam urson is cold blooded yeah. what got dude, into him dude he's been since no i mean i'm basing a lot of these stats off of uh since november 7th but since then, he's six one and one with a nine two seven save percentage and a one point nine five goals against average. So he's been incredible. Like, Even my dad was like, "Who, who is this Urson dude? <laughs> he's, like, he's good. He is. He is. And 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 you can see it in the boys too. Like the, when he's starting, you don't see any kind of difference in, in 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 the guys and how they play you know like they they have confidence in sam urson to to step in and win them a hockey game and i mean we've seen it already i think sam urson already has two shutouts this season three is it two or three i'm pretty sure it's uh two um two i can double yeah, check i think that we have, think we have three total about. as a team so i think hard has one yeah hard has one mm-hmm. but still i mean two shutouts a nine two seven save percentage since the, uh, november 7th he he's been incredible, and he was great again tonight. I mean, he hasn't been facing. He didn't face an insane amount of shots in a volume perspective. But no, but game winning big saves. save after yeah. big yeah big save after big save after big save. And how how many breakaways did he stop tonight? Two, three huge breakaways. Oh my I mean, god, that one that one when the Devils were shorthanded. Like yeah. we had a power play in the third, a chance to take the lead and really try to stamp that game that that could have been an entirely different game if that breakaway goes in he, he he doesn't bite he doesn't make the first move he lets the the shooter make the first move and he's just incredible i mean look at the our, us in the shootouts are we a shootout team now what do we have three shootouts wins and i'm pretty sure three yeah, or four we, we might be i mean our yeah. goalies are phenomenal we have enough like sneaky good guys in the shootout too. I feel like to to skirt by. I mean, Sean Couturier, he's he's Sean Couturier. Tyson Forrester looks like he can could be an yeah. option in there. Bobby Brink made it look easy yeah. the other night. I uh, think I might be done with Frost in the shootout, dude. I'm so oh, yeah, tired of seeing that move. move. <laughs> <laughs> it's worked though. Like I'll have people on my head for saying yeah. that. Like, it, it had like I've seen it work more times than I haven't. If like I want to break the actual numbers down. But, dude, you're so much more skilled than coming down the left wing and letting off a shot like that. Like, come on, dude. Try to deke <laughs> the goalie out a little bit more. Like, you have great hands, man. So, very frustrating in terms of uh, him and the shootout. But everybody else, like you said, Coots, Forrester, Brink. I mean, the last shootout that we were watching, I remember you texted me. You were like, how the fuck is it connecting shooting the fuck and then dude. we won the game? <laughs> I was like, yeah. I, I agree, but, like, hey, it worked. You know, exactly. So, yeah, they Dude, have anytime a lot I should talk the team this year, the reverse has happened. As soon as I'll be like, I'll be like, yeah, you know what? Tippett's a bonehead. Game winning goal. <laughs> Game- <laughs> strips Jack Hughes. <laughs> <laughs> he strips Jack. Game winning goal. Same thing with Forrester too. I think I made a crack at Forrester while I was like, Forrester has one goal and it's November. Blah blah. blah. And then he like went off on the Penguins. Forster, I'm not trying to sound like John Tortorella's mini-me here or anything, but Forster does so many little things, right, that doesn't show up on a stat sheet. Sticks everywhere. I'll admit it. Even I, in the beginning of the season, when he wasn't scoring, was was being a little stubborn to the fact that I wasn't... was kind of turning my head when he was making those subtle plays because I was so frustrated with the fact that he wasn't scoring, but... 
I got over that very quickly. You, you can't do that, and I realized that. He makes so many subtle plays, in the, especially in the defensive zone. 1v1 battle, he's winning the puck probably 90% of the time. I'm, I, I've seen him win battles against guys who have been in the league for 10 years. He is, and I think Tortorella talked about this a couple weeks ago, he is by far the best board battler, if you will, on the team. I mean, him along the boards, he's coming out with that puck 90% of the time. And he makes so many little plays like that coaches would like, like John Tortorella. So that's why he loves him so much. Because if you just look at the score sheet, he's, eh, obviously, right now. I mean, he's only 21 years old. But if you watch these games, man, it's it's very quick. You can tell very quickly of why John Tortorella loves him because he is – Extremely impressive in that, in that perspe- uh, in that aspect. You know, he's just he's I like an the impressive way he, kid. He kind of gets to his shot too. Sometimes, like I don't know if you saw, he had a couple wrist shots in the slot tonight, like a couple drag back wristers, and yeah, it's just for a guy who doesn't look so agile, the way he can kind of like maneuver off the boards and get to that spot is yeah. it's pretty and, nice. And that was something that uh, Bobby Bobby Boucher <laughs> I just said Bobby Boucher Brian Boucher <laughs> was talking about um, because it was true the last couple of honestly the last five six games especially when Powell played one with Frost Frost has found Torster on that seam pass from the from the two walls on the power play a lot over the last five six games and Forrester has kind of like hesitated and like double clutched on his stick a little bit and not gotten the shot off as quick as he should and tonight like you just pointed out he's made a couple of Adjustments, if you will. Like he's not holding on to the puck. He, he he was shooting the puck a lot quicker tonight. Not making, not 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 thinking about it as much. So, the more and more he does that, we'll we'll start to see the goals come. Because I, I mean, you've seen the shot. We've all seen the shot. It's 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 different. It's not cut a Gauthier level, but it's up there. So, um, yeah, it's like we got to get that guy going because he he could be a bit of a cheat code for us. Like we he could bail us out of something, yeah, taking I mean, the puck yeah. the other way in transition. Anybody with a shot like that could be one of those guys that, hey, maybe you shouldn't be in this game, but you got a power play and you got it over to Tyson Forrester who let one rip kind of shot. Like he has that type of, I don't care how bad you've been playing, but just get him the puck real quick type shot. So I think we'll see more and more of that as the uh, as the year continues to, to go along, especially if they keep winning like this. And I mean, you saw the reaction with Frost and Tippett when they won. Frost jumping in his arms, the whole team fucking – Jumping in their arms and going crazy. You could crazy. tell that like, was a big one. Passionate, man. Like, you fucking love to see that shit. Like, like Paling said, they're not the they're not the most skilled. They're not the prettiest, but man, they fucking love playing for each other. They play hard, and it just makes me that more excited for when Kudagoshi comes over. You don't think Matthew Mitchkov is, is watching this over there in Russia? Like he hasn't played um, for Sochi in the last couple of games, and I don't think he went on the trip with them. Um, before Christmas, so we won't see him in the KHL till after. But you don't think he's sitting there watching this uh, transpire? So exciting times in Flyers land, Danny. Absolutely, man. Can't we have a lot of a lot of questions. <laughs> we'll yep, get into those. Get right into yeah, why not, yes, sir? Flyers clips. My boy, Zach. what's up, Zach? Assume that the team is playing like this around the deadline and is in a playoff spot. Are you making any moves? Obviously depends on what is out there, but do you ship some guys like Sealer, Risto, Lawton? Do you add someone, or do you just roll with what we have? It's a good question, honestly. Because it's a great question. It's the hardest question, is it not? I mean, this yeah. this yeah. has had my mind in, in knots for days. It, it's, it's the biggest question, I think, on everyone's mind. It's like, what, what are they going to do? I mean, like they told everyone rebuild they told everyone the fire sale is open flea market's open we're taking off phone calls but what if what if they're second in the division when that time comes are, are they going to be comfortable with giving up a top four defenseman that helped get them there i don't i don't know yeah like what I, message does that send to the team right like hey you yeah. guys got here with the team that we all know isn't the most skilled isn't the prettiest coming from a literal player on the team if they're in a, if they're second, third in the Metro, come trade deadline time, I, I don't think it's unfair to sit there and say, hey, trading away Sean Walker or Ristolainen right now probably wouldn't be the best move for the locker room and the message that you send to those guys. But at the same time, 
if a team blows you away and says, hey, we'll, we'll give you a first and a B-level prospect for Sealer and, and Walker, can you, can you say no? Because long-term, that's going to help the team. You know what I mean? Walker is a 30-year-old yeah. defenseman who, who has been great this year. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, I'm not saying this is an outlier. Like, I, I don't think he's bad by any means. But I, maybe it, would, it wouldn't be the worst decision to trade him for a haul. And if that's what happens, then I, I think they should do it. But I don't think Briere is going to be out there looking for it. Absolutely not. Like, I don't think he wants to send the worst, uh, the that kind of message to the to the team. But they do know business is business, and if a team's offering a first or something for Sealer and Walker, I think you kind of have to do it. You know, same thing goes for Lawton. Same thing goes for all the dudes he just mentioned. What do you say, Sealer, Risto, and Lawton? I think it goes for all. Of them. I, I don't think you're getting anything close for, to a first for Scott Lawton right now. I, I don't even think, I don't even think you'd get a second. But I, he would be a guy that I would look out. To, to trade, absolutely. I, I think it was time to move on from Lawton a while ago, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's probably one of the more realistic ones. But, like, ah, he is a big piece of the locker room. Like, I know it's exhausting, like, hearing that shit every year when, when yeah. you have to watch him. But, like, I don't know if Briere would do that. Like, it's easy for, like, I would want to do that, but would Briere do it? Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's so tough to think about. Uh, I guess, really, it's like a, it's a, this this is the test. Like the next 20, 30 games, don't collapse, and maybe you'll earn it. Keep earning it, and maybe like, because yeah. this really could collapse in a week. Let's be honest. I mean, this team, they're riding higher, but it also couldn't. So like, hey, it's kind of it's kind of weird. I've been waiting for it since the end of October. I I've been saying, hey, eventually yeah. the skill gap that is so evident between this roster and other rosters is eventually going to close, and it's gonna it's gonna be a lot easier to to see that skill gap but i it hasn't happened yet danny and it's almost christmas so i don't and know look man. at the teams they've battled yeah it's not and like they're it, and it's not fluky wins like i said when we first started the pod it's not carter hart saving 42 goals i mean at 42 saves you know what I mean? it's not him standing on its head they are playing good hockey it's been entertaining back and forth obviously they're not scoring on the power play but i mean they're the best penalty kill, number one in the league since November 7th at 90.3%. So uh, they're tied for, let me look, third in the league in shorthanded goals. Yeah, with seven. So God, they are second a and third. bitch yeah. to play against, bro. They are so annoying. You have to think so many fan bases and organizations this year have gone into games against the Flyers and have thought, like Easy. the branding has been rebuilding. It's been oh they're ripping it down. They're rebuilding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, their goalie's decent, but you have to think some teams have played down to us and have learned Absolutely. the hard way this year. Uh, the Devils definitely know now. I do. You can see it on them. Like towards the end of regulation, <laughs> they don't like us. Like, you can tell. Oh, I don't them like off. them either, dude. I cannot oh, wait it's until Mitchkov comes over here. He is going to be in their fucking nightmares for a decade, dude. I cannot wait. Like, we had to go through Patrick Elias, Monty Brodeur, and now Jack Hughes. Kovalchuk. Kovalchuk. Like, get ready for Mitchkov. That's all I got to say, man. You know what I mean? Like, I'm so fucking sick. We talked about it today before the pod. I think before the game. I'm so sick of watching other teams, especially in the Metro, have those players. You know what I mean? I'm so happy that we finally have one of those guys in Matt Fade Mitchkov to, to, to terrorize them. You know what I mean? It's he, He's ours. He's going to be wearing Jim Jackson's about to have a field day with this Can't guy. Can't wait, dude. Um, oh, my God. Our boy Adam, who's been an OG listener from the start. I don't even sound a question. He just wants to get this out. Watching this team is fun again. What a feeling. Absolutely, dude. Like, I just – and it's great, too, because people who I know aren't hockey people come up to me Especially if I go out for dinner, if I go to the bar, or if I'm honestly just chilling with some friends. It's just, yo, Chris, like, flyers, man. It's great, man. Like, when I go to school for work and stuff, like, I have people turn to me because they know like, I'm a big hockey guy. Like, yo, flyers. And it's, just, it's great that they're back into people's everyday discussion, you know what I mean? Like, their relevancy is, uh, is back. And now everyone's eyes are back on the flyers. And the addition, hopefully the addition of Carter Gauthier in a couple of months with those same people with their eyes still on the Flyers. And then you keep adding, you keep adding, and maybe Mitch Cobb comes over soon. And it just keeps, it's just a snowball effect, right? But the fact that the yeah. eyes from the the general fan base 
not the diehards like us, is back on the flyer somewhat is great news, man. It's great to hear. And shout out to, to Keith Jones and the front office up at the Flyers and what they've done in a short period of time too, to, to bring that feeling back to, uh, to the team. It's game by game. You just you feel the intensity of it all building. You feel it becomes more real with every passing game. And tonight, I, I really felt it like more than any other game in the last three seasons. I'm not gonna lie to you. I woke up this morning and I was like, every I, I want to beat this team so badly. I'm going into this game fully confident that we're going to beat this this team. And they're fucking good, man. They are fast. They are skilled. Scary as fuck, dude. <laughs> And I was fully confident. I wanted it bad. Haven't had a feeling like that. Like big, I felt that big rivalry feeling this morning, and I loved it. And the way that game finished. I mean, I was nervous in OT. I haven't really been nervous for a Flyers game in a long time. There's no reason to be. Like, you're kind of just used to losing, and in some cases, you actually want to lose. So it's really nothing to be nervous about. But I, yeah. I went into that OT, and every single time that Erson had to make a big stop, I like, I don't know. I felt that. Felt that feeling that I haven't felt in a long time. And another Feels feeling great. that I feel now, especially with Erson, you know, remember when Hart first came up into the league and you would always tell me, Chris, in overtime especially, when teams get those chances, I don't panic. I don't panic like I used to. I have confidence in Hart. I feel that somewhat for Sam Erson now, especially when I see a breakaway from mm-hmm. another team. Dude, he is a very good goaltender. Like, we have... And it's crazy to say this because it's the Flyers, and I know it's a it's a running joke that the Flyers don't have don't have goalies. They never had goalies. They don't know how to develop them or keep them. But we have an abundance of goalie prospects and and, and actual goalies now who can play NHL NHL hockey. You know what I mean? It's incredible to see what they've done and how they've stockpiled that position. Because you got Hart, you got Erson. Kolosov, uh, Fedotov's still obviously a question, but I mean the kids that they drafted, uh, I don't know how to say his name, uh, Bjarnson or something like that. But so uh, I forget the other Russian kid's name, but he had a couple of shot. He already has a couple of shutouts in the KHL. It's just it's extremely nice to see the goaltender position actually be good, a good position in the organization now because it's been a running joke. I mean, I mean you know yourself how people joke about. The Flyers never having a goalie. I mean, look at Bobrovsky, how he traded him away, and he goes on to win the Vezina and stuff. So it's it's great to see Sam Erson play the way he has because he's just he hasn't been good. He's been elite <laughs> like the last since November seventh. He's been very 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 good. So and that's why I don't think it's a hot take for you to say that this team could steal a playoff series because don't think how could crazy. you how could you think that this team could go down easy in a playoff series? I don't see it. If this team's gonna get beat, they're gonna get beat scratching and calling. Playoff Risto? Blocking every shot. Playoff yeah, playoff Risto, playoff Carter Hart. Seen it before. I mean I'm I'm cool on seeing Raspus Risto line in four or five times. Did you see his game against Detroit? He destroyed three people. I mean, let's talk about Rasmus's his play since Brad Shaw and John Torello have taken over. As coaches for him. I mean, he made a comment a couple weeks ago, I think a week ago, that he wishes Tortorella was his coach when he first came into the league at 18. The transformation in Rasmus Rissalainen's defensive game has been mind-blowing. Like, it's been night and day in terms of just positioning, how fast he's getting rid of the puck instead of trying to do too much with it. It's just... Gap control, his stick, using his body more. I mean, just everything. It, whatever they've done with him has been amazing. I, Bradshaw is going to probably get some head coaching looks this summer because of what he's done. I mean, look at Sandheim, York, Risto, Sealer, Sean Walker. I mean, you, I can go down a list. All these guys. They're, they're the biggest surprise of the season. Yeah, absolutely. The defense, has been the, be- the, the defense is the reason why this team is where they are because, number one, this team – Cannot make plays off the wall. I mean, we see that with the power play. Once they're in the zone, they can't make plays. They are a rush team who are a rush team because the defense kill plays at the blue line and they get pucks moving through the neutral zone with speed. So you add a guy like Cutter Goche, who's a transition demon, into this team this year, uh, that's only going to help and make them more more elite off the rush. 
and then it, it'll help the power play with the shot off the wall as well. But going back to why they're so good right now, it's that de- it's this defense, Danny, one thousand percent, and it's the work of Brad Shaw with this defense. It's been one hundred percent the reason why they are where they are right now. So amazing job! It's been so so fun to watch how how, how good they've been. Everyone, like I, everybody on the defense, minus Mark Stahl and Zamora, have been good to really good this season. I mean, I think that's fair to say, right? Yeah. And sudden, suddenly that cap hit looks mighty fine for Rasmus Ristolainen. <laughs> I'll say that. That contract that everyone cried, bitched, and moaned about, the cap's about to go up $8 million. Mm-hmm. The, the, the type of player he is, just there's a price tag that comes with that alone. Like it or not, it's just there's a value behind players like him. And... 5.5 isn't look. That's 5.5, right? It's not looking 5. too 1. bad. Oh my god, 5.1's not looking too bad. Yeah, you don't like that much. Say. I mean, Sean Walker, 29 years old, makes 2.6 million dollars and is an unrestricted free agent next year, and he's playing the way he's playing right now. It, it's going back to. I mean, this is kind of going back to Zach's question it, I, because I've been thinking about it since he asked it. That's really going to be a tough decision, man. Like, that's really. Like, yeah. Do you want to send? That kind of message to the team, because I know, I know they know it's a business and blah blah blah. But like you said, do you really like? Do you really want to trade away a top four defenseman that's gotten you where you've gotten before you head into the playoffs? Hopefully, I mean, if they're in that spot at trade deadline time, so pff, tough because there there are going to be teams calling Danny two point six million dollars, and he's an unrestricted free agent next year. Like, yeah, I know you take the risk of him walking, but a team that's looking to win the cup is going to look at that and, and, and salivate. A fucking right-handed defenseman, 29 years old, puck-moving defenseman at 2.6. I mean, we don't have to eat anything. We can get a first just trading him straight up, maybe. You know what I mean? So, tough. I don't envy Daniel Breer yeah. having to make that decision. Me either. So, that's it's going tough, to be tough. That's a tough, tough decision. And who the fuck's There's trading be criticism for, either way. Who, who, who the fuck's trading for Mark Stahl? Nobody. So he ain't going nowhere. Sealer, I could see teams calling for him because they called for him last yeah. year. And he's probably been just as good, if not better, this year than he was last year. So a lot of uh, a lot of tough decisions, Danny. A lot of tough decisions. A lot uh, of interesting games coming up from now until then as well, man. Just see got, how things go. We got two more before the, the Christmas break. So looking to, to end that. And this stretch of games before that Christmas break hot because that would be nice, you know. Eighty-five percent chance. Let's go, dude. I'm running it. We have more questions, right? Yes, we do. Uh, looks like Gillis the one, or Gillis is the one. Not sure if I said that right. He said, <laughs> "I'm starting to believe they could be for real." Oh shit! I think we all are, man. Feeling the hype in the net hockey. It's good to see. It's good Our to boy. see in the net hockey. I'm just happy to see them playing hard and showing they're not going to roll over. Effort, hard work, doing the small things right, and it's all paying off. Extremely likable team, coaching, and management now. I'm prouder than ever to be a Flyers fan. Also, hashtag find my boy Gritty Adam. Facts. Don't know where that dude was. Cool cool guy. Is, wait, is Gritty Adam, is he gone? He just hasn't tweeted in a very long time, and I did interact with him, not a lot, but a fair amount. Um, like a year ago, or like a year and a half ago. But yeah, that's I something that we were about talking this. about in the group chat. That yeah, he hasn't tweeted out in a while. So definitely, if anybody knows what happened to him, because we're kind of worried. Not because we're not saying anything happened to him, but like as a friend, I am a little bit worried because I haven't heard from him in a while. But I think Internet put that perfectly. <laughs> I'm sorry, my dad just texted me. Who the hell is Ryan Palin? <laughs> <laughs> My dad said the same thing. My dad said the same thing today. After he scored his second goal, my dad texted me, who the F is this guy? <laughs> I love that shit, dude. But, like, that's that, like, that's the point that I'm trying to make. Like, the casual fan, and I hate calling my dad a casual because he's the reason why I love hockey the way I do. But, I mean, pop, you are. Um, for, for them to like be watching the games now and like asking those type of questions, I love that shit. You know what I mean? Like, I oh, ask awesome. me about, dude, ask me who who Rhett Gardner is. Like, come on, man. Like, let me, I'll, I'll I'll run you down the entire AHL fucking roster. You know what I mean? So, 
I fucking love it. That's funny as shit, though, because, like, my pops did the exact same thing today. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, TK for MVP said, who has the best Selly on the team? And I'm going to let you answer this one. I, th- I think my answer is pretty clear, though. Best Selly on the team. I don't think it's even close. It's Tyson Forrester. It's Tyson Forrester. Tyson it's Forrester. It's, it's pure electricity every time the dude scores. <laughs> without a doubt, Tyson Forrester. With a close second to Frosty. Because I think Frosty has some electric, electric goal sellies. Doesn't happen a lot. <laughs> dude gets fucking stoned all the time. But I feel yeah, like I Brink has had a couple that. Yeah. But like, Brink not, has not, not like too much to be like the best, though. Yeah, I'm waiting for Kadoguchi to come over and hit a baseball out after he scores. <laughs> that'll be that'll be fun. Something like Fenway Park outdoor game <laughs> yeah, against dude. the Bruins. He just dude, does it like, again. We have the Stadium Series game coming we up do. against the Devils too. So like to take this game from them after they took one from us is how how awesome. fun did that game just become? Like let's be real. Like going into the season, we really thought like we were going to suck. Devils are going to be cup contender. How fun is that game now? To uh, I'm gonna be That's a fun game. Yeah, like that, like that, that game is like a playoff game to me, bro. To be honest with you, yeah. like that's gonna Dude, be. So yeah, ton- if tonight felt like one. That one definitely. Oh my god! Like, like we have to get together like for that game. Like that's gonna be an extremely, extremely fun, it's, important game in my opinion. It's in MetLife, right? New York. Yes. Or New yes. Jersey. Yes. I guess. Yeah, I'm. I don't know, I might have to see if sure, ticket yeah. prices are on that one. I looked already. The last it's, it's insanely expensive. Insane. It's me and Sicker looked. It's like for <laughs> to be in the fucking sky. It's like three hundred and seventy-five dollars a ticket. And That's you know nuts. what I'm talking like all the way up in like section three hundred three. Yeah, 303. yeah. Like, uh, I'll I'll get hammered in my fucking house <laughs> and watch from the TV with the with the TV blasting. You know what I mean? Probably like, raining and shit too. Yeah, I'm cool. I'm cool on that. Um, <laughs> Traffic connecting enthusiasts. Um, yes, I have a question. When it comes to Forrester Frost Faraby, even though they're playing the right way, getting good looks, if they don't start netting the puck more often, will it be a concern of yours, or are you going to be patient with these guys? I'm indifferent right now. Uh, I think a lot of these forwards have more to give. I, like we, uh, we actually touched on that, I think, in the beginning of the podcast. Yeah, um, I think you could say the same thing for all three. Like they're they're all doing the right thing off the puck. I think the, the scoring, like Frost, Frost isn't a goal scorer. Frost is a guy who sets goals up, and he's been doing that. He's been creating chances. He's been great on the defensive side of the puck. So I, Frost is fine, and I think you could say the same thing for, for uh, Forrester and Fair because we talked about how good Forrester is off the puck and. In terms of like defensive yeah. stick and stuff like that, so yeah, I mean, I'm not worried about any any of those guys. It's by committee right now. Yeah, and that's fine. I mean, as long as you're winning, I feel like there's really nothing you can complain about. If you're winning games, goal, pucks hitting the back of the net, who doesn't really matter who's doing it? Guys are just bought in. Yeah. But would you like to see a little more? Sure. But Absolutely. they're playing well. They're playing well. You know, it just feels like a different guy stepping up every night, and I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. I like that. I feel like that's. The hallmark that's, of a that's great team. That's what they need. But the, yeah. It's definitely a hallmark of a great team because even the teams with the superstars, like the, the Chicago Blackhawks who won all those cups of years ago, like they had bottom six players who made extremely, extremely important plays in those cup rounds. Having those type of players is, is, is vital, and I feel like this is building the foundation and what we're doing right now is just it's, it's, it's beautiful to see, you know? Yeah, like this is the, the supporting cast. Yeah, no, this, this is what the supporting yeah. cast is. The headliners aren't here yet. Boy. The box office talent isn't here yet. Yep. I mean, still we need don't to talk about the power play. What does our power play with Gauthier and Mitch Cobb turn into? 30th to what? 12th, maybe? And what does that do in, as far as our overall team performance to where we stand right now? I mean, uh, Danny, they would Danny, help us now. They have a top 15 power play right now, dude. Come on. like They're one of the best teams in the league if they if they have a fucking top 15 power play. You know what I mean? Like, think about that, dude. If they, if they have a power play worth mentioning, they're top five. T- I mean, they're already what top twelve in terms. Uh, let's look in terms of points. They are probably top ten now. If I had to guess, they would be eight. They'd be. They're eleventh. They're right behind Toronto. Oh, Toronto has thirty. Toronto sixteen six and six at thirty eight points. We're. 17 10 and 3. We're 18 10 and 3, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it hasn't updated yet. So yeah, we're top 10. We're right where Toronto is. So we'd have 39. So we'd be 
like you said, yep, right around eight, so eight or nine. And if we have a top top fifteen, top ten power play, dude. We're <laughs> we're probably number one in the metro right now. Like that's crazy to say. We have had the trending to be per a, a Alex Appleyard, trending to be the worst power play in NHL history, and we're still eleventh in the league, and it's December twentieth, nineteenth. Like that's what's I, promising. That's insane right there. to me. The 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 effective play at five on five and four v five is like that can carry on to when yeah. Mitchkov is here, and then the power play gets good. You can bring that over. Like that 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 feels like a win across the board for me. The way that they're playing in in those areas, obviously, you need some power play goals. I mean, especially if we want this playoff, a uh, little playoff dream to be realistic, they're gonna have to put some of those in and get something rolling. But someone's gonna have to just kind of. I'm hoping it's Forrester. I really am. Yeah. I'm hoping he gets hot over there, starts bombing one-timers. It could Frost easily happen. I feel like so. it only takes one. Yeah, it only takes one. I feel like two things worry me with the whole with playoff. It's the power play because if they're scoring at an 11% clip, number one, you could probably forget the pow- uh, the playoffs because there's no way to sustain this if they're if they continue to to score that way. And number two, playoffs is a lot of dirty work if you will after you enter the the zone right if you enter the blue line I'm worried about the, like because they really struggle creating plays and coming off the wall and moving the puck towards the middle and creating plays that way so in the playoffs that's literally all it is is, is boardwalk and, and creating plays off the wall and they struggle doing that they're, they're a rush team so maybe first round you could you, you could win a playoff run around being a rush team and kind of converting that way. But once you get into like the second and third, which obviously I'm not expecting them to win a second or third playoff run, is, but it does worry me in terms of going into the playoffs because they do struggle with those two things. And that's like two extremely yeah, important things absolutely. to have in the playoffs. So. But, I mean, it'll come down to matchup, though. I really think like it depends yeah. on who they match up with in round one. Like, if it's the Islanders, I actually – I want war, dude. Fuck them, lie. dude. Yeah, I, I didn't think that, that would come as soon as it, as <laughs> as this year that that rematch. But if that did happen, dude, I would be oh my god, that would be incredible. I would be uh, so yeah. ready for that. I can get behind that. I want nothing else. When nothing else. Round two, cool. It, it's 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 already house money. It really is. Whatever happens, round two, it's whatever. I just want them Islanders. Round one. Let's just run that back one more time in real buildings. Real awesome. Hockey. Austin says, uh, Reese Domer, is it too early to say we back? No. Oh, we're back. Listen to that building. Listen to the building. Listen to JJ. We're back. It's fun. Yeah. I think we're back. I mean, we're not going to go win a Stanley Cup, but in terms of being relevant and being able to watch and sit down and enjoy a hockey game again, a competitive hockey game, not just one out of the blue, but consecutive night in, night out, yeah, we're back. They're, yeah, they're not, they're not a laughing stock anymore. It's no. nice. I keep going back to Paling's quote. Like they're not the prettiest, they're not the most skilled, but man, they work hard and they show up, man. Like we we talked about, it. they've had three clunkers where we've kind of just been like, okay, yeah, that's this one you you throw away and forget about. You know, they've only had yep. a handful of those, if not less than that. You know, so even when they go down two, three goals. I don't worry. I'm still, I'm still watching. Like JJ always throws sleep. out. Yeah, JJ always throws out that record. The Flyers' record, if they don't score first, is fucking abysmal. And the Devils scored first tonight, and I was like, I don't give a fuck. Like they're they came back against the Devils last time. They're gonna do it again, and they did. How about Nashville too? They were down two yeah. nothing in Nashville. They should have lost. Like in reg- definitely should have lost in regulation oh, yeah. in Nashville. And it's funny to look back at that game and think like. Like, Erson should have had that save. Like, they, they easily could have won that Nashville game, too. And this could be a massive winning streak right now. But. Honestly, dude, can we go get Mitchkov real quick? That's what Oper- I'm saying, man. Operation Go Get Mitchkov? Can you cook that up? You have to think all parties involved are, are seeing this and want to accelerate the timeline. Like, how, how could you not? How could Mitchkov yeah. and his agency not want this accelerated i can almost guarantee you he does i mean selfishly i guarantee he does but and how could the flyers not like after seeing this you don't think that they think that he could be a difference maker <laughs> now like he's oh my god he is. 
They it's just not a matter like, of if it's he would hundred percent be a, a difference maker. He'd be playing in the top six. Powell play one. Oh my god! It's just insane too because they spent to the cap ceiling these past couple years, and were god awful. Like mm-hmm. just just atrocious, picking top five, basically rebuilding while spending to the cap somehow. The first time I think that's ever probably been done. Yeah. And now this year they're eating like ten million dollars in dead money, like just wasted on acquiring. <laughs> and they're assets. second in the metro. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's so like that defense is m- so much cheaper <laughs> and it's better. They it's got, crazy. They're giving Cal Cal Peterson five million dollars, and he's been back and forth between backing up a sick Carter Hart. And the AHL, and they're second in the Metro. It's hilarious, dude. It really is. That is fucking hilarious. Real quick, I'm not going to ignore the negative comments because that that would just be fucked. So, can't, can't spit out all the, the positive ones. This is from Luis Javier Lopez. Not a cup-caliber team, so woo. Better off in the long-term acquiring young talent. Looks like Hart can be traded. I kind of want to... I I read that comment because I kind of want to talk about like the first the first sentence. Not a cup caliber team, so woo. That's been that's been a lot of people like negative the people who were being negative about this. That's a lot of people's thing is oh they're not going to win a cup, so this is essentially bad for the long term because they're not losing, they're not acquiring a top eight ten pick in this year's draft. So in terms in essence, it's bad. So, how do you feel about that? I wanted to get your thoughts. Uh, I just think the only reason any organization should do a full ripdown is to get a Connor Bedard, get a Mishkov. And since we already have him, I do think it's passable. I, I do understand like the, the criticism, though. I mean, I can understand people for years have watched mediocre teams, and for them to just fall in love with an 18-10 and 10 stretch and go right back into mediocrity or potentially is... Is definitely a thought, and there's so many people who have gone through these like prospect hypes that like haven't panned out as a fan. So they're very, they have a lot of PTSD when it comes to prospects and shit. So I can understand like the concern. I just think Matvey Mishkov is that good, to the point where, I mean, listen, the, the team is eight games above 500 right now. Mm-hmm. You're not picking, you're not picking top five. Like, I mean, what do you want? Do you want pick 14? Or do you want pick 19 and a sold-out burnt orange crowd? Because I want pick 19 and a sold-out burnt orange crowd. Like, I don't I don't really care at this point. It's kind of all marginal now. Like, it's yeah. we're, we're not going to pick that high. So, like, the criticism could have been in the offseason, I guess. But everyone expected them to be terrible, and they're not. So, like, whose fault is it? <laughs> I don't know. You can't blame the players for playing that far above expectation. Everyone thought they'd be bad. It's not like they made a good team in a year where they mm-hmm. were supposed to make a bad team. Everyone thought they'd suck. So it's tough. I don't know. I understand the criticism. I'm just I'm here for the winning this year. We have two first-round picks. We have assets to get another one if we want to. We yeah. can move up. It's not the deepest draft, so I guarantee there's some teams that could be maybe talked in to the possibility of that. Definitely more realistic than last year. But what are your thoughts? Here's the thing. It's it's not a draft that is as deep as last year's draft. Like you're not gonna find a Zach Benson as deep as you, as deep as Buffalo got him, or you're not gonna find a Gabe Perot, who went right after we picked Bonk in this year's draft. So I I can't really. Here's my thing with with with, with this is, yeah, I I I understand the whole. I would rather them lose, because yeah, they're I mean. They're they're not going to win the cup this year. They don't have an abundance of high end talent. They have Mitchkov, who is probably the closest thing that you could call a shoe in to be a superstar in terms of prospect. Like all prospects are question marks. Like even Connor McDavid coming out of the OHL was a question mark. Like not I'm not saying he was a question mark, but there's always a question of a prospect. Like no prospect is a hundred percent definite, and. Mishkov is probably the closest thing to a definite in the NHL right now. So I can see you being worried about, okay, Mishkov, yeah, he's the guy there. But other than that, they don't really have a guy that you can look at and go, yeah, he's a franchise-altering talent enough for me to be okay with them not acquiring a bunch of 
early picks in the first round because it's difficult. It's it's really difficult because like if if you lose like Chicago, right? I mean they're gonna probably add Celebrini or or Demidov or some kind of crazy top three talent this year, but. I'm not saying culture wins hockey games, but w- w- what are those players walking into? You know what I mean? Like what? Like I'm not saying they can't become leaders of their own in in ten and eight years, six, seven years. But I mean, I would rather have Mitchkov, Cutter, Gauthier, and a couple of guys that we picked in the teens, and hopefully we can develop to come into an extremely good system and culture and environment rather than picking really high. And then having them come into a losing environment. You know what I mean? Like, there's something to be said with an environment of winning and what we're trying to build right now. Because, like you said, these aren't the top guys. These aren't the guys that are going to win you cups or give you a top 10 power play. Like, those guys are coming. But to sit here and be like, oh, I, I, I wish they would just lose every game and get a top five pick for the next three years. I, don't, I just don't see how that's the best way to build a hockey team. Because, like, what hockey team can you point to right now? that did that and is actively good right now. Like, how many times did we watch Buffalo start a season out good and then just, like, die? You know what I mean? Like, can, that's a genuine question. Can we sit here for the next minute and actually come up with a team right now that is – I'll go through them. Vegas is number one in the league right now. They didn't do that. Van, no. Rangers, yeah, I got lucky with Panarin wanting to come over. I mean, basically the same fucking thing with Mitch Cobb. He, he picked New York. Mitch Cobb picked Philly. <laughs> yeah, some – Draft lottery lock Boston, well. no. Dallas, I mean, they had the Heiskanen pick early. No. Colorado, they drafted McKinnon, but they played for what? They did have that terrible year. I'm talking like that 49-point year. Yeah. yeah. I forget They, they had McKinnon was. for a while. They didn't do anything. Drafted McCarr. What? Seventh? Sixth or seventh? So that's like yeah. their Mitch Kopp pick. And then Rantanen was either before or after. I think he was in the teens, or he was like nine or ten. So maybe you could you could throw Colorado, Winnipeg, no, Philly, us, no, L.A. Kings, no, Toronto, Matthews, and then like none none of these teams in the top fifteen have done that. Have completely stripped down and built a, a winning team that way. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Like, like, look at Chicago. Doesn't I work. Mean, with as fun as the Bedard hype has probably been over there, you don't think that in the back of all their heads they're a little bit disappointed that, like, man, this still feels like a five-year uphill climb, and as good as this kid is, we're not winning hockey games at all. Like, that has to be a little demoralizing. Like, the reality is when Mishkov comes through, he's going to be 20 years old, <laughs> making 900 k and the team is going to be in the direction to win games when yep. he's here. That's going to make that whole experience, that whole thrill, that much more fun and real, to be honest, because yeah. Mishkov might be on the big stage as soon as he gets here. Oh, 100%. So I, I think it goes go back to the fact that, for me, it goes back to this. They're not squeaking wins out where you can get mad at it. Like, they're not, it's not veteran. Like I said in the beginning of the podcast, it's, Players that can be here when we're ready to win who are continuing to show us they're developing. You know what I mean? In terms of just York, Tippett, Frost, Brink, Konechny. I mean, he's 26-27. I mean, we these guys are guys that can be here while we went Forrester. I mean, I'm not even naming everybody. But, like, this isn't Sean Couturier and fucking Atkinson and... And Dale Weiss scoring in the top six and, and, and dragging. Like, you know what I mean? Like how Giroux and Voracek drug those brutal fucking teams to playoff rounds. Like it's it's not that. Like they're not getting dragged, uh, drug. You know what I mean? Like it's genuine good hockey. And if this is what they have with this squad, you add a couple of difference makers and Cutter Goche, Mitch Cobb, and whoever else they draft in these next couple of years, then you're adding them to an extremely good foundation. And then you have that game-changing skill, so it's it's exactly what you would want, man. Like it's not if if it was the opposite, if it wasn't the young players doing this, and it was the older players, and we were winning off Carter Hart standing on his head, then I'd be like, yeah, this is 
this is trash because we're not actually a, a solid team. We're just getting bailed out by good goaltending, and we're going to add a, a, a top 10 pick to a shitty foundation and then have, you know what I mean? It's just I would rather this happen and then try to do something with the, the two picks that you have and maybe a player, maybe Danny gets a little creative. Like You haven't seen a lot of teams jump up crazy in the draft, but maybe you can do something, but... Yeah, this isn't your typical rebuilding team full of temporary cap dump players that the organization's not committed to. Like the majority of these guys will play with Matt Bay Mishkov. I think that's I think that's what you were basically saying. Like it, yeah, seeing like these guys isn't... succeed is is should never be a negative because these guys will be here when the headliners here. Like this isn't a the the, the players who are helping the Flyers get where they are right now. The, the nucleus of that are guys that are going to be here when Mitchkov is playing in orange and black. So that's why I love it. I think we're building a foundation with those same guys, like you said, who can be that foundation. And then you just add in those players that we already have. Like like you said, most teams who want to strip down and, and do what the Chicago Blackhawks do did and trade away an Alex DeBrincat and trade away a Kirby Doc and do all of that, is to get a guy like Bedard or get a guy like Mitch Carter. and we and we we lucked into it. So I'm I'm okay, man. Like I'll I'll take Carter Hart being Carter Hart. I'll take our defense playing the way they are. I'll take Tyson Forrester and Bobby Brink and all these young kids continuing to, to develop. Sean Couturier being Sean Couturier. I mean, he's only 30 years old. So I mean, if he continues to stay healthy, we have a good a good amount of years with him left. So it's just. It's good. It's good for the organization. It's nice to see Keith Jones back in, t- back in the locker rooms after wins and stuff. Not back in the locker rooms, but it's nice to see an owner back into the locker rooms. With um, I love that. Yeah, I know. Isn't it great? Yeah, I love seeing the pictures after every game. It's so awesome. Especially that one of uh, Briere and Couturier. I definitely like that one. It's just so cool like to see like Danny Br- GM Danny Briere fist pumping. 30-year-old, backbone of the team, Sean Couturier. I remember when he was 18. Just I know. Coming in. Like, it's crazy. It's great, so man. So much easy. It, it's so easy to root for. Like, is it not? I mean, we said it coming into the year, but, like, from the front office down, it's, it's so easy to root for. Like, how could you not root for Danny Briere? An 18-10-3 Philadelphia Flyers team led by Danny Briere and Keith Jones. How can you not? Like, I don't think yeah. you're a Flyers fan if you're not moved a little bit by it. It's full circle, too. Like, that picture you posted with them, with Briere living with Sean Couturier, and then him and Couturier fist bumping. Like, that was pretty cool. Yeah, it was awesome. Do, you, uh, do we have any more questions? Or was that? No, I think the rest of it was just everyone getting hype and stuff. It was like, oh, was the, the, this team's back. I don't think there's anybody else asking the, an actual question. Uh, Sean Moore did ask, do you think Atkinson will be scratched, especially when Case comes back, gets into game shape, if everyone is healthy? So the easy money's on Frost, obviously. Um, does Paling make them more willing to trade Lawton? I think no, because of leadership, like you said, Danny. But yeah, I think Atkinson w- could be a guy he, that you look at to get stretched. Uh, we have a little bit of ways to go for Noah. I think he's like four or five weeks away from returning. But yeah, I think it would a- Atkinson. Frost is definitely a viable option because you know, I mean, you know, he's not uh, Torrell's favorite, so he could definitely be a guy. Um, it's a good problem to have, though, <laughs> if you don't know who to start. Obviously, it would be Hathaway for us or Delorier, but they refuse to sit one of those guys. So, I mean, look, they have Lysel, who I don't know why they called him up if you weren't going to play him because <laughs> he was lighting up the Just AHL. Popcorn. Yeah, I mean, they have Rhett Gardner up, too, now. So, I, guess, I mean, that's who I thought they would have called up to just come up here and hang out a little bit. But I want to talk about yeah, that. Case. Sense. Yeah, go ahead. So obviously he's he's been out with an injury, but uh, I mean the t- team team looks good. How, how do you feel about Noah Kate? Like, how did you feel about his play before the injury? I think he's overrated by a lot of Flyers fans, to be honest with you. And it's not saying that I think he's bad. I think Noah Kate is a fine three C on a on a team that wants to win a cup, three C three three W or something like that. Um, I, th- I think that's as far as. As far as I'll go with him, like, he's just he, he's a good defensive player who 
struggles offensively. Like he's never put up big offensive numbers anywhere he's played hockey. Like junior, in college. I mean, not in junior. He didn't play junior in college in any league before the NHL. He has never been an offensive guy. So I don't understand where people come from when they're like, oh, if he can just develop an offense, like if he just can just develop offensive talent out of nowhere. Like, yeah, I understand getting to certain spots of the ice. Like the way Sean Couturier is good at finding soft spots and just being in the right spot. Like, yeah, I get it. Like there's that aspect to the game. But like this guy, this kid isn't going to turn into, he's going to get magic hands out of nowhere. You know what I mean? Like he's never been an offensive guy. So I, I, I kind of, Laugh and people are like, oh, if if like Tortorella's even said it, like, oh, if he can just like start scoring, he'd be an amazing player. Like, yeah, no shit, you know what I mean? Like, if Morgan Frost had fucking Eric Lindros's body and could score, he would be the best, one of the best players in the league. Like, I don't know, like, what are we saying all this if shit for? Like, it's he's a solid defensive player who struggles offensively. Um, that's about it. Like you know what I mean. Like it's like I I, I don't know. I don't have anything else to say about him because he's just he's just there. He's a decent. He just he PK just wasn't guy. doing anything for me before the injury. I'm not yeah, gonna lie. Like yeah. even in the last two years though, I was kind of like agreeing like with the with the whole two away thing and like yeah he, he's think he, what he got like a couple selkie votes maybe a couple fifth place selkie votes yeah shit like that which I mean he too he was like really yeah, good last year yeah yeah he he is defensively. good defensively I'm I'm not gonna lie it's just. He's not been good defensively he's this year. So yeah, exactly, and he's so ineffective on offense that yeah. he has to be he he has to be Philip Deneau, or he's garbage to me. Like it really like Philip Deneau can score. <laughs> like true, you, Noah Cates can't like, do anything offensively. It's crazy. Like he's just uh, a play is going to die once it gets to Noah Cates. Like I'm not trying to. He's just a brutal. Yeah, I'm not trying to be a hater. It's just. It's it's I don't know. You notice it more when the pressure's just calling it for what it is, you know? Yeah, you notice these things more too when the pressure starts to ramp up. Like when when there's no pressure and your team is selling and there's nothing but ice time available, yeah. it it's probably easy to show out a little bit, show out in certain situations, but when it's like, okay, we got to win these games like and, and if you lose, there's actually criticism behind it. it. I don't know, it's like a he didn't like feel ready for the moment, I guess. Maybe that's unfair for me to say, but I don't know. I, no, I think more. it's fair. I need more. Yeah, I agree. I, I I don't think anybody was overly impressed with Noah Case before he got hurt. So let him come back, get a little bit healthy, and see if he can build off a little bit of what he had last year going because the start he had this year, definitely, I could agree. It wasn't It wasn't good. <laughs> it nope. definitely wasn't good. But you know what was good? This hockey game tonight and this episode. Oh, which yeah. I'm about to wrap up. This was episode 103 yep. of the Liberty Yell. You can follow us on all socials at the Liberty Yell. We're about to hit 5,000 on Twitter or Crazy. X. Still not used to the whole X thing, but <laughs> we're about to hit 5,000 followers. Thank you to everybody. Obviously, we're going to have some big announcements, a big celebration, whatever happens. So stay tuned for that. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow me at TOY Danny. Follow Chris at Chris Stumps. And go floor.